and welcome to Unashamed, a Smut Lovers podcast where we just want to talk about smut. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Courtney. And we are doing an LJ Shen read-along this week. Very, very exciting. It is Damaged Goods by LJ Shen. So this is the, I think, last book in the All Saints High series, which is a second generation series to the fuck what is the parents sinners of saint maybe sinners of saint series so this is i think the very last book so it's the very youngest kids or i guess it would be some of the youngest kids yeah so okay if you wanted to get the most enjoyment out of this you would go and read sinners of saint and then read all the rest of the books of all saints high However, it is a standalone, and I can tell you by reading L.J. Shen's other books that you will still enjoy it, even without reading the rest of them. But if you wanted the full scope, because I am a full scope kind of bitch, Sinners of Saint and then All Saints. Uh, The series, both of them were fantastic. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Personally, I like the adults one more, only because Broken Night is probably my least favorite book ever. And I it is that one. It is my favorite one out of all of them. So I uh, hate it. <laughs> in case any of you are new here, uh, I like to be hurt emotionally, and Courtney likes that a lot less. Um, and that is why. Broken Night. I actually am going to spoil um, what happens in Broken Night only because it's going to be relevant to this book. So essentially, in the first book, a couple gets together, Dean and Rosie. And Rosie has, I think it, what is it? COPD or something? She has a, she had a chronic illness, like a um, an autoimmune disorder or whatever, that was attacking her lungs and her body. Uh, she dies in Broken Night, which is her oldest son's book. Um, so spoiler for those of you who haven't read Broken Night. However, this is her youngest son. And this one is actually hers biologically. In Broken Night, their older son was adopted. So this is her her and her husband's biological child. And uh, so his mom is dead in this story. This is, I'm assuming, sometime after the events of... I don't even remember what the last book in this series was. Um, the last book was Vaughn and Lenora, so... Also, they're um, older. I want to say that when the kids series of this one started, the two main characters in this one were like younger kids or like preteen age. Yeah. Now it looks like they're like seniors in high school. I think college. So because it says that Bailey went to Juilliard. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So there is a little. Um, graph in the blurb area of this book that is pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you looked at it, Courtney, but it tells you each one of the stories, the tropes, the angst level, um, whether or not it can be read as a standalone and the vibes, all of that. So for example, like Penn and Daria. So Daria is Bailey's older sister. Um, that was a stepbrother romance. 
high angst. Sort of. Well, that's what LJ Shen classifies it as. A stepbrother well, they, they like adopted him in. He wasn't really because her parents are still together. That was the trope. I don't know. Okay. And the vibes were cruel intentions. Night in Luna's story was friends to lovers. Inks level excruciating. Um, and the vibes were it's always been you. Vaughn and Lenora's story was a bully romance. Inks level was medium high. I would say it was higher than that, but okay. And then the vibes were touch her and perish. And then so on to Lev and Bailey's story, which is this one. It's a second chance romance. Uh, the angst level is excruciating. So it's the same angst level as Night and Luna's story. And um, the vibes are forever and beyond. I'm very excited that it has the same angst level as Night and Luna's story. I am less excited about that. Although, once again, I assume some of the angst is going to be from outside forces and not just internally from the couple. Well, it is a second chance. So, I'm so fucking excited to dive into this book. No. Um, okay, so, according to the blurb, Bailey, who is, what were her parents' names? Uh, Jamie and... That's not Courtney's favorite book, in case anybody was wondering. No, neither of the adult, neither of the parents in this particular book. Are my favorite couples. I didn't necessarily mind. So uh Bailey's parents. What? No, I hated Dean and Rosie. Hated Dean and oh Rosie. My God. And I hate it. And I, I didn't hate, but I disliked Jamie and his teacher. So <laughs> we should have done a full reread on everything. <clears throat> because I just reread the adult series. I haven't reread it in a while. I have I, I don't I'm not gonna reread the kids series. I loved all of the books. The first time I read them, I can't reread Broken Night. It's brutal. So, okay, hopefully we don't do too many spoilers on, like, the other books in case you do want to read them. You should because they're delicious, <laughs> all of them. Um, don't listen to Courtney. Broken Night is fantastic. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, it's fantastic. Um, I... Uh, there, it's so nuanced. Like this, these characters are very real and raw. And as far as um, like Bailey's parents go, they're not perfect parents. And like even if you did like them in their own book, when it came time for Daria's book, like your view of them may have changed because at the end of the day, like they just really were not perfect parents. And Daria did not give them very much slack on that either. I mean, some of that got resolved towards the end of that book, but um, there was a lot of misunderstandings going on there. But um, yeah, I mean, it it just, the kids series really opened your eyes on the fact that all of the adults were not infallible you know what I mean like it really was just um seeing them as parents with like normal parent struggles um really like knocked all of them down a peg and like that didn't necessarily make me love them any less but it really did humanize the first set of characters a lot um I this the second series I definitely agree because 
So even for that not being my favorite of the series, when you read the books and you see the parents like, like end of the love story, it possibly even welcome to them because they had their own their parents that they're going to be perfect. And then, yeah, you get to see, you know, the fact that they struggle and maybe not make the same mistakes that they had with their parents growing up, but you get to see them fuck up a lot and maybe not always intentionally, but yeah, like it's, it's very, very much set in like reality where, you know, your parents do fuck up or you fuck up as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely, um, not perfect. And you think once you get an epilogue and a happy ever after that everything's just going to be happy and perfect. And then um, getting the second generation from the kids' point of view is you really realize that these parents are not perfect. And um, it's very well done, in my opinion. So I am interested to see as far as Bailey and Lev go because Bailey, the in pretty reckless um in Daria's book there was a massive like eye opener for the parents in that one and then for Lev's side of things his mom is dead so what's going on with Dean now years later you know so there's a very strong attachment to every single character in all of these books because I mean, at least for us, we have read every single one of them. Um, like I said, I do recommend reading the rest of them first. You don't have to technically, but um, you're missing out on a lot of really wonderful books if you do skip. Um, but I'm I'm very interested to see now that we are years down the line because, um, yeah, I mean, this is younger siblings to 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 previous books so I don't know I'm I'm very curious to see how this goes um it just in all aspects same I'm ready to dive in it looks like for me chapter 18 is our midway point at 49 percent I think that was mine as well let me double check I marked it but now my phone's being slow yeah yes so I have 18 as well all right. Well, I'm ready to dive in. Yes. So if you are reading along with us, go ahead and read until chapter 18 and come back. Pause here. Okay, we're back. Yes. I love this book so far. Yeah, it is a very, like, classic LJ Shen vibe. Um, oh, I have so many things to say. So the book bounces around between the past when Rosie died and the present with all the fucked upness that is going on in the present. Um, the past fucked me up. So. I <laughs> I wish I could add like sparkles to this, but I have mental issues. Ooh. And um, 
I startle awake at 1 a.m. every night. (laughs) And last night, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to finish reading. So I was up for like five hours, four or five hours reading. Um, So that's fun. And it's like, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm just crying in bed. Um, Because like Rosie, that was a hard hit on all fronts especially when you hear like dean talk about like dixie's just a friend and like i'm not moving on i don't want to move on it's very um it's just very sad and then also um with the fact that like night was so fucked up when Rosie died and dean didn't know how to hold shit together that lev kind of got left in the back burner um he was just you know they they say it over and over again that bailey and lev were the good kids the kids that they didn't have to worry about and they just kind of got left to their own devices because they were trustworthy so then you flip it over to bailey's side and she homegirl is a mess okay i want to jump in here because so we see uh Bailey obviously like she she gets hooked on drugs because she got injured doing ballet like she has I think it's like a back and a spinal fracture and, and- also um fractures in her legs so she has injuries which I I think are common in like ballet dancers cuz they work their bodies really fucking hard and so uh she gets hooked on painkillers to make it through the semester and she keeps telling herself she'll like wean herself off when she's done she ends up overdosing and going home and her mom fucking drops her the second she's no longer doing ballet and we see this a lot uh you see it a lot in the first book uh daria's book who's bailey's older sister was when daria was a kid she wasn't any good at ballet or it's not that she wasn't good she was just she was average She wasn't, like, the best ballerina out there, and she didn't really particularly take to it. So her mom drops her like a hot potato as a kid and is, like, basically no longer really interested in her and then puts all of her hopes and dreams on Bailey. And then the second she fucks up just a little bit, her mom is, like, you know, treats her like trash. Like, you're – I mean, and here's the thing. I get it. As a parent, from a parent perspective, if I found out my kid halfway across the country – OD'd on drugs. I probably treat them a little bit like a prison guard too. But at the same time, I do not agree with you. I thought that we would be closer to the same page on this book um, as far as she goes. But I completely disagree with you. I well, she like sits there and she's like, she just she treats her so untrustworthy, which here's the thing. They never did. (laughs) And I get that. But at the same time, it's like she put all of her hopes and dreams. So Mel was originally a dancer at Juilliard too. She, I think it was her first year. She breaks her legs or her leg or something. And then, so her career is ruined. She has two daughters who she essentially tries to force into completing her dreams because she didn't get to. She's that quintessential like football dad who peaked in high school and didn't go pro. And then like she's the female version of that. That's exactly how she comes across in this book. And she did it in Daria's book too. And she kind of forces her kids to follow her dream 
regardless of it's if it's theirs. And then when they don't, she like with Daria, she just kind of dropped her like a hot potato. And then with Bailey, it's like she fucks up one time, which I get huge fuck up. I'm not saying this is not a huge fuck up. It's drug addiction is horrible. It's a you know, and ODing. That's that's an awful, obviously life altering thing. But at the same time, it's like maybe if you hadn't been so concerned with your kids following your dreams and actually cared about them and not them doing what you wanted them to do, maybe your kids wouldn't. And this is the second time because Bailey finally blew up on her mother and like she ended up getting hurt and going to the hospital. And like even, you know, Bailey's dad is against her now. But I think it's because Bailey's being a dick. She and is. And I, she is. She's in the throes of addiction. She is. She was being a major bitch. I'm not saying, but I think the blow up was necessary. I think maybe timing of it was bad because obviously Bailey was high, but at the same time, I feel like it was necessary. It was necessary in Dara's book, and I feel like it's even more necessary now. I because don't think Mel it's more necessary now. I think it was definitely necessary in Dar Daria's book, but I feel like in this book, it's it's not as if ballet wasn't Bailey's dream also like this was also her dream it's not like in Lev's situation where he doesn't want to play football Bailey wants to do ballet and like yeah there's a lot of pressure on her but it's it's not pressure that she had an issue with before she got injured it's not pressure that she had an issue with like maybe some slight issues but not like this like it wasn't anything that that was going to force her into the throes of addiction without the injury. You know what I mean? Like it now it's become a coping mechanism, but it it's we I I'm not going to treat this as if Bailey was forced against her will because she wanted this too. It wasn't just Mel's dream. Bailey also wanted to do this. I agree but, with you there. But in my opinion, she wouldn't have with the injury if it hadn't have been for how much pressure Mel put on top of her with having to be perfect and better than everybody else, she never would have turned to drugs to cope with the injury because she couldn't take time off to get PT or rest or surgery. She wouldn't have had to because she could have just trusted her mom and been like, hey, I'm in so much pain. Something is wrong. Instead, she was like, I have to just ignore it. And do what I need to do to get through because if I'm not perfect, you know, she she has to be the perfect one, right? Because Daria fucked up her mom's dreams. She's the only one left to do what – and yes, it was her dream too, but was yeah, it her I, dream because from since literal birth, it's been like foisted upon her? Maybe, but it was still her dream. And the reason why she didn't get help wasn't necessarily because of Mel, but it was because she would – lose her spot at Juilliard. So I mean I I think it's a combination of things but I think it's a I think it's unfair to push all that off on Mel. Like it's yeah, not she's just Mel's fault. I mean yes, Bailey did make her own choices. And obviously they were not good ones and now she's kind of in the throes. And this I feel like this book um because we've seen addiction. We saw it in Dean and Rosie's book and we saw it in Knight's book and I feel like it's handled really well. Um as far as like you're getting to see the raw and ugly part of it and you also get to see kind of the helping part I also feel a little bit like all of the adults are kind of I mean don't get me wrong Jamie and Mel are trying their best with like keeping her clean and stuff like that 
uh, as best as they can, right? Because an addict in the throes is not an easy thing to like, you can't control them completely, right? Because they're people. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of it is being foisted on Lev. Like, even Dean was like, oh, you know, you just stick around or whatever like that. Like you're, you're the, you're the thing that can keep her clean or something. He mentioned something like that. And Knight was really the only one to be like, Hey, you can't like, you have to let her hit rock bottom, stick around. Yeah. Be her friend, but you can't do anything for her until she's hit it. Like, I feel like all of the adults were kind of like, Hey, Lev, you have to be her buddy and make her get clean. And Knight was really the only one to be like, Hey, don't fucking do that. That's a terrible idea. Don't get with her right now. Wait until she's at rock bottom. Wait until she needs to get till she needs to get help for herself. Like, yeah, I, think, I feel like Knight is I think probably one of the best characters in this book, which is ironic. He's my favorite. I wasn't the hugest fan of him in his book until the end. Yeah. He's been my absolute favorite the whole time. But um He's not a bad character. So- no, he's good. I love him. Um, I love Dean too, though. So, <laughs> anyways, I think that the the difference in that is that, um, like, so for for this, I mean, Dean and Knight are both looking at it from an addict's perspective, but they're coming at it um, like Knight is coming at it as a brother. You know, like this this is the wise move, and Dean is coming at it more of like someone who also cares deeply for Bailey you know what I mean like um that's well and also essentially family to them as well so I think it's just a matter of like he's trying to look out for both of them I don't think he's necessarily trying to hurt Lev in that no I don't think so I think he also kind of sees this like because Rosie was his big reason you know for getting clean so he's like well she'll you'll be her big reason but at the same time, it's – you know that book we read? It was the male male with – it was like the uncle who was a few years older and the girl was an addict and then she ov- overdoses and dies. And everybody kind of put it on him to be like, oh, well, you should have known she was doing drugs or you should have, like, kept her – it kind of gave that vibe for a little bit. I don't yeah. remember what the book was. You don't know what book I'm talking about. It was super I good. Knew. We read it recently. I don't – I don't want to say the name necessarily and spoil it, but no details. Uh, so for I do know what you're talking about, and and listeners, uh, regular listeners will as well. So, but I, yeah, I mean, I just feel like the story is very nuanced. Which LJ Shen is fucking fantastic at that. Absolutely, she's so fantastic at at providing just like very deep, insightful characters a deep insightful storyline um i'm curious how it's going to okay here's another thing we have to talk about all right we're we're missing the whole big huge fucking thing um what's our bitch face talia Bailey 2.0 oh she's a snake oh she sucks so hard i knew she was going to from like the moment she was introduced but she fucking sucks so hard She's also a drug addict, by the way, or at least at the very least, she recreationally uses and kept pushing Bailey to do it. Yeah, she like set Bailey up and Bailey was like, I know this is a setup. Like, I know that she's trapping me into this and I'm not strong enough to walk away. I think she's trying to get pregnant. I think she's trying to trap love because so when he goes over to break up with her because 
Bailey's getting it from two different sides. Like, she's hearing from her best friend and the guy she's in love with, who's in love with her, like, hey, I'm going to go dump her. But then Lev refuses to say that he's dumped her. And, like, they're doing this for show for the school thing about how they're not actually broken up, which he was a fucking dumbass for that. I'm sorry. Who gives a shit about her and her reputation? Like, I get it. He's kind of a caring guy, but he's really not. He treats her like shit publicly all the time. So why can't he just be like, hey, I'm going to treat you like shit publicly again and just break up with your ass? But anyway, she as soon as like he comes over to break up with her, she's like, oh, well, you want to have sex? Like, I think she's trying to get pregnant. And I think that's like she's going to pull some really shady, weird shit like that before this book is over. Like, probably when Bailey's hit her rock bottom, she's going to, like, drop some weird bomb about, like, them getting married or that her being pregnant with his baby or something. And it's going to, like, drive Bailey. She might, like, drug him. I wouldn't put it past her to drug him and rape him. No, she's got got those vibes. She's very – she's very weird. Especially once you find out that, like, the whole time they've been, like, together-ish, um, he's been calling her Bailey. Yeah. And the pretending whole time since the first night they slept together, like, that's what he does. He was like, I use her for sex and, like, call – essentially to get Bailey off my mind or whatever, like, he – oh, my God. Yeah. She's, she's, she's like – she even started, like, dressing in her clothes or, like, mm-hmm. very similar – and like wearing her perfume, it's giving. I, I'm gonna, or she's gonna try to kill Bailey because she mentioned I was like, if Bailey wasn't around, would I, would I have a chance? And he says yes. I missed that. Oh my god, she is. I think I would not put a pat. She gives those psycho vibes, like that. Those sweet and innocent. I hate that type. Oh my god, that was like such a big fucking foreshadowing that i didn't even pay attention to (gasps) like i did i it did catch my attention but i was like okay i just don't know how she how she's gonna do it is she gonna go like full psycho and try to like actually no herself or make her od she's gonna get her to od she's gonna give her lace drugs i bet well i guess we'll have to see i don't know this is uh i love it I'm so happy LJ should book. And she has her other one coming out. The cover just released today for fuck. I deleted the email, but I just saw it. It was for her next Dark Romeo, whatever series. Oh, and that, the cool. cover just released. I'm so excited. I am too. LJ Shen is absolutely a top notch author. You cannot go wrong. She's definitely one of my all time favorite authors. One click for me. I don't even have to read the blurb for her books. Oh, and the cover is so beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm ready to dive back in. Same here. Um, I'm sure we missed some details, but there's just a lot fucking going on. Okay? So, whatever. Uh, I think we hit the main points. Yeah, we did. Uh, For those of you reading along, go ahead and go to the end of the book and come back. Pause here. Okay, we're back. Yes, I loved this book. Me too. But I love everything LJ Shen does. So I feel like out of the kids one, this one's hands down my favorite. Really? Uh, I would like oh shit, sorry. Uh I would like to 
I've been thinking about it since we recorded the last part. I would like to go back and give Mel a little bit of credit. Um, here's the thing. When I said that I didn't like uh, Dean and Rosie and Mel and Jamie's books, I didn't mean that they were bad. Okay. I love I love everything that LJ Shin writes. The writing was amazing. Dean and Rosie's book is heartbreaking. And anyone who's been listening to podcasts long enough knows that that's more Kelsey's territory than mine. I'm not into emotional masochism. Uh, like, hurt me a little, but, like, give me cuddles afterwards and tell me I'm a good girl, you know? Uh, Kelsey likes just all of the pain. I'm not a fan. So, wonder their book was amazing, and I did love it. And I didn't really like Mel and Jamie's because it was a novella that started off the series for the adults. And personally for me, I feel like it could have been fleshed out a little better. Oh, if it had been longer... And had a little bit more, I almost feel like Dean and Rosie's book had so much angst. And then Mel and Jamie's had very little where it should have had a lot more. Yeah, Mel and Jamie's book, I feel like, was just uh, thrown there for the sake of being thrown there. I feel like there was probably, obviously, there had to be a plan for Jamie because he's in the um, in the four hot holes, the originals. And then also, I'm sure she already had ideas for, like, Daria, you know? So, uh, Mel and Jamie had to be there. But you're absolutely right that their book could have been better. Yeah. So, when I say it was my, they were my least favorite books, for very different reasons, but they were still not bad books, okay? I still love the whole series. I love, just, LJ Shin is such a fantastic writer. Um, and then... I was a lot hard on Mel in the last part. I'm going to stand by some of it. I do feel like she kind of, she treats her kids very differently once they stop realizing her dream. I'm not saying she's a bad mother, okay? I'm just saying it's very much, like, she she redeems herself. She did with Daria. They have a long heart-to-heart about how Daria feels neglected in her book. And then in this one also, there is, like, this kind of, moment where Bailey is like you know yeah it was my dream too and it's not your fault that I turned to drugs it's not your fault you know that any of this happened and it's not you know and Mel also is like you know I shouldn't have put nearly as much pressure as I did on you and you know they both kind of end up in a really good place this book was very much about like her having to heal all of these relationships after because you know she sucked when on drugs. People suck when they're doing drugs. Like you just, you can't really control it. So, oh, I just, I loved this one. I loved it. I I loved the ending. I thought that there, here's something I'm noticing with LJ Shen. Um, But with, so because she's with like, uh, I don't know if it's like a publishing company or what, but like she's no longer self-publishing. Um, and so something that I've noticed is that the more and more successful she's getting and the more and more successful her books are getting, the less and less spice we're getting. Yeah. Like true, true blue sex scenes. Yeah. Like that. I think we had one, two. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of implied ones, but yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of actual spice. 
And I noticed that with, um, I think it was the last book that she released too. There wasn't very much. Yeah, they're kind of, I don't want to say she's going like the way of the, I don't want to say old romance writers, but you know, the contemporary romance writers like Nora Roberts and stuff where there's a lot of implied sex scenes in the books, but like no full on spicy scenes. I feel like she's she's going a little mainstream. Yeah, which does suck, but still, her books are so well written. I'm still going to pick them up every time. Oh, I feel like her Dark Romeo was relatively spicy. I don't remember, but that was also co-written with Par- Parker S. Huntington, which I'm very excited for the next one. That's coming out, like, very, very soon. Um, yeah. I, I feel like as much as I would love to do it on the podcast, I feel like that'd be unfair <laughs> to do like, the a- first one on the podcast. In that series. But, I mean, that would be, like, two LJ Shen books basically back-to-back. Oh, I. when does it come out? March 10th. Fair enough. Um, I have the next book that I want to do. It's the one I sent you. I don't even remember. I'm, so, happy Monday, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Monday again, and, oh, my day is going to be so fucking busy i have dentist again and oh all of the things i've been awake since like 4 a.m so i am hungover (laughs) um yeah i don't even i think we left off when they went on vacation so just to kind of briefly summarize uh they go on this like yearly vacation with all of the families and lev is kind of like assigned to babysit Bailey, and this is a little bit of a turning point for her where she stops doing, she has to like detox because Lev is on her ass. He finds her stash um, and she's not left alone for like a second. So, uh, and they kind of hook up while she's still detoxing, which Lev feels incredibly horrible about. Then we were right about fucking toxic Talia. Yeah, she did try to kill her. She tried to kill her. She's a fucking psychopath. She did it while her mother, while Bailey's mother was banging on the door to be let in and was still like, I'm somehow going to get out of this. I'm going to kill you, get love, somehow make it out of this. Now, here's one thing about the Toto Santos crew, whether it's the kids or the first generation or whoever. If you fuck with their family, like... There's not a whole lot they won't do to get back. However, they let Lev handle it, and he ends up, like, chasing her out of town, which was cool. I can't believe it. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Sorry, guys. Little intermission. I'm apparently not ready for the day. Uh, I just dumped my coffee all over myself. Uh, Anyway, so Tali gets dealt with. um, But finally, Bailey agrees to go to rehab. And Lev breaks her heart. He tells her, like, I'm not waiting around for you. You don't have me. You need to go into rehab for yourself. And he does this because even though he loves her, he needs her to focus on getting better for her and not, like, rushing through treatment because he's waiting for her. So he completely shatters her, which it was – it did end up being good for her. She goes in for, like, 90 days and then ends up staying for, like, an extra few months, I think. Yeah, she stayed for seven months. So, yeah. So, and, like, truly she comes out a lot healthier. 
Uh, she is a little disappointed that he's not waiting. He was in, he did, he finally, fucking finally tells his dad um, that he wants to be in the Air Force. And Dixie, actually, Knight's biological mother, ends up being the one to apply for him, which I thought was so good. I loved, 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 loved how this ended for Dean. And Me too. Because I, let's talk about that because it's like in the grand scheme of the whole storyline, it seems so small. But anybody who has read all of it knows that this is like such a big fucking deal because Rosie was and is Dean's one true love. Like he is not moving on from Rosie, which um, like it, it's you feel torn because part of you is like Dixie is great, but the other part of you is like Rosie was Rosie, you know, and so you feel kind of torn on it. But then you come to realize like Dixie is is Dixie. She's not she's not meant to fill Rosie's shoes. She is meant to be a companion to Dean while he can love her in a platonic way. There will never be anybody after Rosie for Dean. And I feel like that's okay. I feel like that's okay that Dixie fills the shoes that she fills where she is, you know, not a mother figure for Knight and Lev, but she is at the same time. She's, you know, she steps in where a feminine hand or a meddling hand might need to be. And I love the role that Dixie played. Um, and I love how that ended for them where they, you know, got Dean's sperm to impregnate Dixie and have a baby together as best friends. Like, I think that that's wonderful. It was fantastic for me. Uh, one of the reasons that I was not upset about it, but in Broken Night. So Rosie's request is that they help Dean move on. And so everybody's kind of like trying to push Dixie and Dean together. And I think Bailey says it best. She said it might be unconventional and Dean did need somebody to give all of his energy and all of his love into, but that's what he's doing with the baby. And this yeah. is like the perfect the perfect dynamic for them. Like they get to be best friends and raise a baby together. And Dean does get to give all of the love that he has and all of the energy that he has, especially with both of his kids leaving the nest. He has grandkids now. Like he needed something to do, but it didn't have to be a partner, like a romantic partner. And I loved that because I was really worried that they were going to like shove them together. And you're right. Dean, Dean and Rosie were they were that that great love story. Like, I think out of all of them, Dean and Rosie's story was probably the most romantic just because they had so little time in the grand scheme yeah. of things. Like, yeah, Vicious and Amelia are going to grow old together and he's never going to let her go because he's possessive. And then you've got, you know, Jamie and Mel are – they're just those – parents that are like they kind of can't wait for retirement to be together yeah and then you have Trent and Edie who are we wonderful get very much Trent and Edie in this book hmm you didn't really get very much Trent and Edie in no this book. 
No, there's a few comments here and there. Like you see them a little bit. Same with Vicious and Amelia. But yeah, you don't see a lot of them, and which is fine. Like they're in love. But Rosie and Dean's love story was like they loved, I feel like, harder because they had so much less time. Yeah. And you can tell, I mean, like, first of all, I fucking love Vicious. I will always love Vicious. I feel like Vicious is just the OG. I do like horrifying <laughs> things to justify Vicious in any scenario. I love For sure. him. He's always going to be my favorite. He is absolutely my favorite of the hot holes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how could you not? He's fucking. He, yeah. Anyways, we love Vicious. <laughs> so. And any scene with him and Amelia is just hilarious because he defends his wife to the death, even unnecessarily. Like, she, like somebody will cuss and he's like, you watch your fucking mouth around my wife. Like, he's like, if any of you piss off my wife or even mildly inconvenience her, I will ban you from like the house everything like he does not give a shit if it just mildly inconveniences a frown crosses his wife's face does not matter who it is it's his own kid and he's like dude i will i will send you to the ends of the earth please yeah. don't fuck with my wife and it's so funny because um vaughn has that kind of vibe around lenora as well so like i just love that um because his book was one of my absolute favorites too, Bonds. It was, oh, every single one of these books was just something completely special. They were. Yeah. And the kids' books were very much heavy. When I first started the children's series, uh, when you start off with Darius, because Darius' book, I feel like, came, I want to say a few years before the rest of the kids filtered in, uh, you you don't expect the level of angst that's going to come from all of these kids' books just based on their parents, right? And we right. mentioned this in the in the intro and stuff like that is you really, you see how real these parents are, how much they fuck up, how much they, like, don't pay attention to what's happening. Because they're real, you know, they're, they portray real-life parents and stuff like that. And, yeah, the kids' series was way heavier than I anticipated it being. Like, Vaughn's book was heavy as heck. Broken Night, Night and Luna's book, oh my goodness. You can't get through it without sobbing. Uncontrollable sobbing. I There's, okay. So, listen. We've had, okay. We did an episode on Perfect Strangers, which is probably the hardest I have ever sobbed. Uh, not Perfect, Yeah. Right? Yeah. The JT Geisinger? Yeah, per Perfect Strangers. Um, that is probably the hardest I've ever sobbed in a book ever. I literally started drinking. Um, and <laughs> Which I am not a drinker. <laughs> and then um, other than that, Broken Night. Like, hands down, hardest I've ever sobbed. And I've reread that book. And I sobbed equally as hard the second time as I did the first time. This book, bringing up things that happened in that book from a different perspective, cried. Like, I... Ugh. Yeah, every There's one of the kids' books got me emotionally. Even this one. And this one was, I feel like, a little bit lower angst. But it was just, like, certain moments. Not even necessarily, like super hard moments but certain moments made me cry in every one of the kids books 
Yeah, this is just a nice um, wrap up, I feel like. I feel like there was enough cameo from all of the previous characters. I am so glad she did this book, specifically because originally she wasn't going to. She said that, like, Lev and Bailey were just so perfect she was going to leave it where it was with Vaughn's book until a personal life moment happened for her. And she was like, you know what? Now these characters are speaking to me. And she, I'm so glad that she did. I'm, this is the perfect wrap up for it. Yeah. And um, I wish that we had a better ending for the book, though. I will say that because you don't really get to see them together. Like they're still long distance when the, where the book ends. I would not. Well, yeah, they end up getting engaged. And then uh, she does have like bonus wedding content and stuff. Uh, I wouldn't mind a, like, epilogue. You know how some art authors who do, like, Mm multi-couple series, like, standalone series, um, will do, like, a novella epilogue for, like, a specific event, and you'll get, like, kind of a POV from each couple? I wouldn't mind one of those, like, maybe around the time Dean's and Dixie's baby is born. I don't think that LJ Shen will do it, but I wouldn't mind just, like, a check-in with, like, Vicious and Amelia and Daria and Penn and... You know, Vaughn and Lenora and all of that. I wouldn't mind like a little bit of a check-in. I think that would be awesome. I um, Like I said, I don't think it'll happen, but I would run. I would purchase that novella. Yeah. And I'm not a book. I don't buy books for anything. If it's fucking available free, I will never buy a book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I buy books occasionally, but not. Uh, often because there's a lot of books on kindle unlimited and if the book you want to read is for purchase you can find probably something similar for free (laughs) i mean we pay for our subscription so it's not like it's totally free they are getting like the authors are getting something from it um so i don't i just feel like this is a nice little wrap up we are not 100 positive what next week is going to be only because i really briefly remember courtney suggesting that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Um, so it may be that. It may not be. I don't know. I'll read it by myself so. if you don't want to. Because it's really <laughs> in my library taunting me. So, um, yeah. So we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.